0: Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Sirius Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hi there, came here from Team Sirius. We've got a bonus episode on the show this week where Siri appeared on their Rise Higher podcast with Stephanie Kwong. Stephanie's a mindset mastery coach and hypnotherapist. You can learn more about Stephanie on her website, stephaniekwong.com.
1: This is episode number 54 with Siri Lindley. Welcome to the Rise Higher Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Kwong, and each week I'll bring you an inspiring guest with an empowering message to help you rise higher and live your best life. Each guest shares their time of struggle and setback and what specific mindsets, tools, practices, or habits they use to overcome so that you can apply them to your life. This show is to remind you that you're not alone and that there's always a pathway up. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. Our struggles are a call for us to rise. So here we go. Let's dive deep now so we can rise higher together. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome to the Rise Higher podcast. Today, you are guaranteed to feel empowered and to be inspired by my guest, Siri Lindley, who is a former two-time international triathlon world champion. She is a USA Triathlon Hall of Famer. She's also in Brown University's Hall of Fame, and she's the most winningest female coach in triathlon. Now, Siri also has two Olympic medals. She's coached athletes to nine world championship crowns. She's had multiple national championship and world number one titles. And she's spoken on Tony Robbins' stage at many of his mega events. She's the co-president of Believe Ranch and Rescue. And she's the author of the amazing book, Surfacing. Surfacing. From the depths of self doubt to winning big and living fearlessly. Uh, Now, needless to say, Siri is quite the badass who's achieved incredible success, but it hasn't always been that way for her. In her early 20s, Siri came out as gay to her family, and when she opened up, she faced deep rejection from her father. So she turned to triathlon as a way to not only channel the pain, but as a way to find herself. And Siri had no experience with triathlons when she got started. She didn't even know how to swim, but she dove in headfirst past her comfort zone to become the best in the world. And now she helps others to discover just how far they can push themselves to become stronger, braver, and more self-loving and authentic than ever to achieve their impossible. And we go All in in this episode, exploring how to shift your focus to being true to yourself, from bouncing back from defeat, and embracing who you are. And Siri gives some amazing tips on how to take on the impossible and how to embrace the path to your destiny. And when you hit those impossible moments, she's going to show you how you can always find a way. Now, other things that we chat about in today's episode are how you have the power to push yourself beyond what you believe is possible, that rejection and hardship can ultimately lead to true happiness, how to take control of your life by taking control of where you place your focus, how to be fearlessly authentic, the importance of gratitude and loving yourself unconditionally how to take a chance on yourself and give yourself what you deserve, the way to keep moving towards your dreams despite fear, and how to find the gifts in your toughest moments. And as you know, there's going to be so much more. I'm really excited for you guys to connect with Siri today. She is in the business of changing lives and helping others make their dreams come true. And she does not disappoint in this episode. So let me know what you guys think of this episode. Share it out with your peeps. Go ahead and take a screenshot of this podcast that you're listening to right now. Share it out on Facebook or Instagram because sharing is caring. And if you post this up on Instagram, make sure you tag me at I am Stephanie Kwong, so I know that you're tuning in, and you guys know that I always love connecting with you, so hit me up on the socials. All right, my loves, here we go with Siri. Siri Lindley, welcome to the Rise Higher
0: podcast. I am so happy to be here. I love this podcast, so it's an honor oh, it to be It is such here. an honor
1: to have you, and I'm so grateful that we're doing a second round of this for everybody who's listening. Siri and I were supposed to record two days ago, and even though Mercury Retrograde is out, it decided to screw up all technology, and <laughs> we did make it happen, but I'm so grateful. You were so gracious, and again, really generous <laughs> to reschedule, um, and just really excited to have you on.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I wouldn't have missed it for the world. And,
1: Siri, you know, it's interesting because I had so many friends who just went to the latest Unleash the Power with Tony Robbins. And I've been, I actually went through some of his training courses and I love him, as I know many people do. And one of my friends who was there, she had this incredible post and she tagged all the people there. And I see at Siri Lindley and I was like, who is this? And I looked you up and I went, I went down a rabbit hole of you and I was like, wow. I mean, I was so in awe of who you, I am in awe of who you are, your story, what you've accomplished, and now how you are, you know, empowering others to change their lives and to make their dreams come true. And you are such a force to be reckoned with. And again, grateful to have you here and excited for everybody tuning in to really get to know you, to hear your story and to pick up your book because it's incredible, um, but just to learn from you because, yeah, you were such a special human, so full of wisdom and, and strength. Oh,
0: that is; those are the kindest <laughs> words, and thank you. I mean, I, I, I feel like that just the the kindest words. Thank you, and I just feel, you know, I'm just like everyone else, but I think part of my story is realizing that. In sharing my struggles, in being vulnerable, in talking about my fears, my anxieties, everything that I've been through, um, others realize that they're not alone, and most importantly, that anything is possible in your life, no matter what your start looked like. Like you can create the extraordinary life that you dream of, and we all deserve mm. that. And um, so, it's it's an absolute honor and privilege, and it was humbling you know, to, it always is humbling to be up on Tony's stage, um, having the opportunity to hopefully touch lives and and make a difference, which means everything to me.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's why people connected with you so much. And of course, Tony, I mean, obviously sings your praises because you're willing to go there. You're willing to share those struggles, but you don't let that define you or you didn't let that define you and your past. And instead you rose up from, you know, I want to drop in about the insecurities and the self-doubt, which I know you touch a lot on in your book, but also you're rise. And we could just start even <laughs> where you shared the story. You're like, I went from being crappy to being number one in the world. It's like, how can, you know, in uh, being a triathlon or triathlete, like you, what, tri- two-time international triathlon union world champion to aquathon world champion to you know retiring at number one in the world in 2003 you're in the usa triathlon hall of fame the brown you i mean i could go on and on and i said it all in the beginning of this episode but you didn't start out it was not your sport right triath the triathlons (laughs)
0: Right. I was a field hockey, ice hockey and lacrosse player in growing up through high school and college and everything. But I discovered triathlon at a particularly tough time in my life. I had just realized I was gay. My father had like dramatically rejected me when he found out. And I was on a desperate mission to find out who I was and, and what I was made of. And I was determined mostly Um, you know, when my, my father, basically I got a phone call from him and, and he said, somebody told me that you're gay. I couldn't possibly have a daughter that's gay. Please promise me this isn't true. And I said, dad, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I am. Can you just love me anyway? I'm the same me. And he hung up the phone and I didn't hear from him for two years. And after that, I was really lucky if he called on Christmas, which was rare. Um, But in that moment, it made me feel like everything that I had accomplished up until that point in time meant absolutely nothing now that I was gay. And I wasn't willing to stand for that. That was not going to be my truth, my story. That was not going to be my life. And so when I discovered triathlon and it was – I watched a race and it was all these people. They were different ages, different sizes, different ability levels, but every single one of them, what they had in common is they were pushing themselves beyond what they thought they were capable of. They were exhilarated. They seemed so alive. And I thought, what a brilliant way to discover me. This will be the vehicle through which I find out truly who I am and what I'm made of. And That's why I was drawn to it. And because we all go through stuff in our lives, all of us, like nobody has a perfect life. And what differentiates us all is the meaning that we give those experiences and I could have given, you know, I could have listened to what my dad said and decided, yep, I'm nothing. I'm gay. I should may as well just, you know, check out of life right now because I'm going to be nothing. But I wasn't willing to give it that meaning. And I thought the meaning I'm going to give this is that I am going to be stronger than I've ever been before, braver than I've ever been before. Take something on that seems impossible, and literally become the best in the world in this. No matter how many people tell me how ridiculous it is, people that laughed at me and said, you don't even know how to swim. (laughs) I was 23 years old and I didn't know how to swim. So really, like, who was I to think that I could be the best in the world in this sport? That, you know, to be the best, you're competing against former Olympic swimmers, Olympic bikers, Olympic runners. Like, it was crazy. But I knew inside that, I was not going to let what my dad said define me and determine the rest of my life. And so it gave me strength. And I think that a lot of us need to look at those huge struggles that we had or those huge rejections or those horrible moments. What, if you look back, you'll always find a gift. You'll always find a gift. And I ended up just two years ago calling my dad and thanking him. Wow. I said, Dad, I want to thank you your rejection is what lit a fire in me, a a drive in me that led me to becoming the best in the world in this sport. and Most importantly, proving to myself that even as a gay woman, I can inspire others. I can make a difference in this world. I can achieve something that I think is great. And because had he called me and said, Hey Siri, I heard you're gay. Oh my God, you're going to be such a fabulous lesbian. (laughs) Like what would that have done for me? Like, yeah, it would have made me feel good, but like his rejection was a gift. And so I encourage everyone out there to look at those really tough moments and find the gift in it because that will, it will help you discovered that there was a whole different meaning to what happened and it served you, it empowered you, it led you to discovering your greatest mm. strength.
1: I love that so much because I think a lot of times many people look to their struggles and wish it was different. They wish that they would never happened yeah. or why me? And they go into this, this victim mindset, essentially. It's like, that's not fair. How come they got everything and I had to be stuck with this circumstance or experience my life? But something else I want to highlight that you did that I think is so powerful is it's not just even looking back that you were able to find the gift, but in the moment you chose to go in a direction. Because again, Siri, we know this, when some people are faced with a challenge, they don't always go, you know what? I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to prove to myself, there was something in you that made it mean something different and decided to go a different trajectory for yourself. Like that's really powerful that even in the face of that challenge, not just looking back, that you can still make a choice in that moment. And you did.
0: Uh, Yeah. And I'm, what I'm grateful for there is that when I was 20 years old, I was at Brown University and I was playing three sports and it looked like I, you know, on the outside, it looked like I had it made. Um, But on the inside, like, truly, I was like slowly dying because I had this intense, crazy case of OCD. I was so overcome with anxiety and fear. And I just the only way I could manage it was with these OCD behaviors that made me feel like a crazy person. And, um, I tell the story at Unleash a Power Within that, um, I was in the library one night and I really had reached a point. I was at my lowest low and, um, I remember feeling like, I don't think I can live in this body one more day. And, I stumbled across Tony Robbins' book, Unlimited, or sorry, Unleash the Power. No, God, <laughs> I'm getting so confused. Unlimited, uh, Unlimited Power, and like that book, literally overnight. I read that book from cover to cover, and my whole life shifted overnight because it it woke me up to the truth that, you know what is real and what is possible in our lives is what we believe is real and what we believe is possible. And that basically whatever we're focusing on is what we're mm. going to get. And I realized that where I was at that point in my life, I was focusing on everything I didn't want to have happen. All my worries were sur- were like my mom, like something horrible happening to my mom or losing my mom or getting sick or terrible things happening. And all I was focusing on was what I didn't want to have happen. What I didn't have, what I felt was missing. Um, uh, all I was focusing on was what I had no control over, which was, you know, the happiness of my mom, the the thoughts and and opinions of other people, and and living in the past. and that book where, when Tony says, where focus goes, energy flows, Mm -hmm. I thought, my God, all I need to do is focus on what I have. I'm a three sport athlete. I'm going to a great school. I've got a mom who loves me, you know, focus on what I have all the control over. And that is my experience of Mm -hmm. life. So that moment in that, in reading that book, you know, it literally saved my life. And I think that when you have a moment like that, where you come from your greatest depths to deciding to back Mm -hmm. yourself, deciding to take a chance on you, deciding to believe that there is more and that you deserve more. I think that once you do that once it's really hard to be in a, in a similar experience and to not at least contemplate backing yourself and going for it instead of giving in. I'm not saying that it, cause I had times where I fell back. Um, but in the moment, like you're saying in when my dad rejected me, yeah, it was like, I'm backing mm. myself. Like I'm not going back to that place because I know I'm in charge of my experience of life. And his opinion is not going to determine what my life is.
1: Preach Siri.
0: That was amazing. (laughs) I'm sorry to keep talking, but I get so like, it's just, I'm so grateful for everything that happened. And just what you said before, people think, Oh, I wish that didn't happen or I wish I could change it. I wouldn't change a single thing because it, it's led to me being the person that I'm proud to mm. be today.
1: No, and and look, I love when you are feeling your passion for it because, look, it, it really is a decision in that moment. I love hearing you saying, like, you got to decide, like, take a chance on yourself. And so many of us don't. We're waiting for everyone else to give us a chance. Or we're waiting for permission from the people that we love the most, especially from our parents. And look, you got the biggest rejection of all time. And yet you're like, okay. So if he can't have my back, who can? And we never look to ourselves and going, wait, I'm actually way stronger. And I am the only person who could have my back the way that I need, (laughs) right?
0: Absolutely. And think about it, you are with you. Twenty four seven. (laughs) every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week, month, year, decade, everything. It's you. So we better like that love. I know that we talk about like whose love did we crave the most, you know, your mom or your dad. It's like, Mm -hmm. I crave my own love. You know, that's, I spent my life trying to, earn that, my own love. Because once you do, it's like having someone in your life that you love unconditionally, you will never not have them Absolutely.
1: back. Absolutely. And ever. that's the greatest love that you need. Because here's the thing, the only reason why I catch many people and even myself in these moments when I'm miserable, it's not what other people said. It's the things that I continuously say to myself, which are unloving. So it has nothing even to do with them. It's all on me and all on, you know, if you're listening, it's all on you. If you're saying horrible things to yourself and you wonder why you don't feel good, it's because it really, you need to have your own back instead of being your own worst enemy. And I also want to highlight what you said, which I think is so powerful. It's like Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Right Where your focus is, is who you become really. So if your focus is in lack and scarcity, there you go. Or if it's focused on, you know, empowerment and possibility, there you go again. And you chose to like shift your focus to being the best that you could be. And that's so inspiring for me to hear too, Siri. So thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you. And we all have the ability to make that choice and that choice will completely determine your life. And one of the just to go back to what you were saying because I think it's so important, you know, we are our own biggest critics. and the way we speak to ourselves, we would never speak that way to people that we love and care about. And one of the things that I kind of said to myself one day is, Siri, would you talk this way to your mom who you love more than anything, or to your wife who you love more than anything, or to a young child that, Just made the same mistake. Is this what you would say to them? And I thought to myself, I would never let those words come out of my mouth. And it's like, so I said to myself, it's time to start talking to yourself the way you would, somebody that you love and care about and want to truly have a positive impact on. And once you start doing that, you know, it's so healing. And so all of us need to think, okay, Before you say these words to yourself, what would you say to your daughter or your niece or your whoever it is that you can imagine, you know, wanting to, to comfort and wanting to guide, how would you speak to them and always speak to yourself in that same way?
1: That's so powerful. I'm going to guess when you first started taking on the triathlon though, was that already your self-talk or was that some? (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, no way. God, are like, you kidding? landed at 20. <laughs> I No, and you know what? I still, none of us, like we all, it's, it's, you learn the right way of doing things. And then you try and discipline yourself to always, you know, be the best you speak to yourself in the kindest ways that you can, but it's never going to be perfect. Like it's a, it's a discipline. Um, but no, I mean, I, I was so eager to learn and to grow and to master this sport. Yet I was so bad.
1: Tell like, the story so because bad. I love even the the one with your mom. Oh. How she the first race that you had. oh.
0: Yeah, so it's my first race, and I fly off from Massachusetts to Colorado because I don't want anyone I know to see me do my first race. Even though I didn't really have any friends anyhow, so I don't know what I was worried about. But I fly out to Colorado, and I rent this big mountain bike, and I get to this race. And this this triathlon was actually done in a pool. The swim was in a pool. Usually, it's like out in the ocean. Um, so I arrive and I've got my brand new bathing suit on I carbo loaded the night before ate way too much thinking I needed to like, you know, carbo load for this short, it's the shortest triathlon you can do, which is, is called a sprint. It's like a 750 meter swim, a 12 mile bike and a three mile run. But anyways, I carbo loaded all night. I arrive and they're asking me, you know, you're registering, they're asking you like what, what lane are you going to be in? I'm like, what first of all, what lane are you talking about? And they said, you know, your swim lane. Like, what do you swim for a hundred? And I'm like, for a hundred I don't know if I've ever swum a hundred lengths. And they're like, no, a hundred meters. And I'm like, oh my God. So the line is like building behind me and people are getting so like frustrated with me. So the lady's like, you know, is it 100 on 115, 120, 125? And I'm like, I don't know, 115. And I just, because I didn't know what to say. So I, she tells me what lane to go to. And I, of course, had placed myself in the fastest lane there was, but I didn't know that. <sighs> the gun goes off and I am, I'm in a lane with like 10 guys that were like, you know, collegiate swimmers and huge pecs and huge shoulders. And literally in the first 25, I got completely like elbows, kicks to the face, dunked under the water. It was like crazy. But the best part was that when I was only like 50 meters into the 750 meter swim, they were all done. Oh so God. I had the whole lane to myself because <laughs> I was so slow. <laughs> <Yes. Boom>. So <laughs> I get out of the pool and my mom's on the sideline. She's got my spandex pants in the air. Siri, over here, over here, I've got your pants. <laughs> Who wears spandex on what legs? Have you ever tried that? Like, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so she's screaming, so I know where she is. And the referees run over to her, and they're, and they're yelling at her, saying, there's no outside assistance, ma'am. So my mom's, like, crying. I'm, like, trying to get my legs in the spandex. I'm falling down. I've got a complete, um, I don't know if I can say this on the show, but you know when, yeah. for camel-tow? ladies, you have issues. Yeah, camel toe. <laughs> You're welcome. You could say it. It's like a complete camel. Toe. I had one spandex down my ankle, the other spandex pant was like up my thigh. And I take off on the bike, and I am like, absolutely, I have never pushed myself so hard in my life. And it was like mountain after mountain, or so I thought, because I actually went back like 10 years later and not a hill in sight like not a single rise. So it was completely flat, but I was so bad that it felt like mountains got off on the run. And all I'd known about running was like running after a ball, like in lacrosse or running after or skating after a puck. So I'm like sprinting as fast as I could for like, as long as I could until I was hunched over, like gagging, salivating. I get my my breath back and then I do it again. And I ran the whole 5k that way. But I crossed, I had never in my life felt so alive, ever. And I was unaware of everything going on around me. I just I just felt so alive. And I crossed the line and my mom was like, so proud of me. But she's like, I've got all your stuff in the car. And I'm like, mom, the awards are one o'clock. <laughs> like, leave." And she looks at me and she's like, but honey, I think you, I think you were last. And I was like, but we waited. And I didn't get an award and my mom was kind of like, oh my God, what is wrong with her? I go to bed that night and I'm someone who I get so sensitive and vulnerable at night. It's when I suddenly all the things that I said that might have been embarrassing or people the way they looked at me or others judgments of me. And suddenly I'm seeing these images of everybody's faces, like, oh my God, look at her. She's so bad. Oh my God, she's got a camel toe. Oh my God, she's so slow. Oh my God. She's and people laughing at me. Like all the things that I didn't see are suddenly coming back to me. And I broke down in tears. And I went into my mom's room. And she looks at me and she's like, I know, honey, I'm so sorry, but you did it. And you can be so proud. Now you can just, now you can go do things that you're good at. And I looked at her and I said, no, mom, you don't get it. I am going to be the best in the world in this sport. And she looked at me like, what have I given birth to? (laughs) Like, it's insane, but she gave me a hug and, you know, said I'll support you for a year or two, but if it doesn't look like it's going to happen, just promise me you'll get back into the things. So Siri,
1: look, you you tanked at it, but I mean, you went for it. The fact that you'd never done it before and you kept going is incredible. Then that night, all the stuff comes up and yet something in you still said, no, I have to keep going.
0: Yeah. That made it even more that made me more determined. I think, you know, we can use when, and again, this goes back to the meaning we give things. We can, when somebody says, oh, that's not for you, or, oh, that would be impossible. You know, you can either listen to them and have that be your story, or you can decide to take it on as a challenge. And in my life, anytime, you know, like my dad, not liking that I was gay instead of saying, oh yeah, okay, I better, you know, go and be straight or yeah, I'm nothing. I should just, you know, forget about it. I decided, no, I am am going to be what nobody thinks I can. So using that as a push, using that as um, something to drive you. And I think that that's a way for all of us to, I think when you, when you're scared shitless about doing something, that's when you have to do it. Because it means that whatever it is that's scary matters. And it's, we all know that it's on the other side of our Mm -hmm. comfort zone, that everything Mm. great happens. And we all have courage. And if you think like, what is courage? Courage is, um, you know, being afraid, but doing it Mm -hmm. anyway. And for me, it started with, I saw a quote and it said, or it wasn't a quote, but it just a statement, do something that scares you every day. And I thought I can do that. And I started small. I would do something really small each day, like get in the pool and try and swim and then get on the bike and try and ride a bike. But each time I got out of my comfort zone and did something that scared me, it gave me a little bit more confidence to take on something a little bit bigger the next day and a little bit bigger. But I think in making that statement as ridiculous as it was in in the moment, and I don't even know where that came from because from my story, you can tell I wasn't like a confident kid at all. But I thought to myself, even at that age, that if I'm gonna make a statement like that, I feel like that's a challenge to myself that I have to at least mm. try. And I think with everything I admire, you know, my heroes are people that are terrified, but they try. They try anyway. They they do their best and they just see what's yeah. going to happen. Those yeah. are my heroes. We're not
1: inspired by people who are just naturally gifted at something. We're inspired by no. those people who suck or are kind of the underdog. Like you said, you had all the odds stacked against you in this sport, and yet you continued to face it. And then you took your rise. And that's what the inspiring part is, is like witnessing your journey to not give up and to keep moving in the face of fear. So I know that there's a mechanism in our brain sometimes that when we want to, now we understand conceptually, okay, go do the thing outside of your comfort zone. If it's scary, that's the exact direction you're supposed to lean into. And sometimes our brain though, wants to protect us so bad that it'll actually stop you in fear, like literally paralyze you from even taking the action. What would you tell someone or how would you guide them to even break through that? Because maybe their mind's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then they have a panic attack. Like I, one of my friends was going to do a talk and she prepared, prepared. And the day of threw herself into the worst panic attack, missed the whole thing and didn't do it. Right. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: So, and I get that. Like, I've been there so many times. And the thing is, like, our minds are always going to try and protect us. They want to keep us safe. So, the answer from the mind, I think, is always going to be don't, don't, don't. Like, it's scary, don't, and kind of talk yourself out of it. Now, we want to still use that mind. We want to manipulate it to focus on the right things, like your friend that got terrified of speaking and went into a panic attack. Like in that moment, when you're in the panic attack, then it's all about breathing and relaxing, but also go remembering the focus, the meaning and the, action or what you do about it. And in that moment, say, okay, what, what am I focusing on? I'm focusing on failing and making a fool out of myself and not being able to talk and messing like that is not serving Mm -hmm. you. That's going to get the heart rate going. You're going to panic even more. Let's focus on the fact that I have something inside of me that I want to share. I know that if I can get up and I can share this message that one, there's going to be at least one person who's going to be touched by my words and, and one person that this is going to make a difference for. And I want to, so you start coming more from your Mm -hmm. heart, why, why this matters and what good can come out of this, not what bad can happen. There's a million, we can find a million things wrong, but we can also find a million and one things Mm -hmm. right. So instead of focusing on what could go wrong, let's focus on what could go right. I may get up there and I may not be perfectly eloquent. I may not speak exactly the words that I've planned to speak, but I know that what I have to share is going to make a difference. And that's all that matters. And so focusing on what you want, not on what you don't want, focusing on good things that can happen, not bad things that may happen, focusing on you know, what you want to feel, not what you don't want to feel. And that again is discipline, but all of us have discipline. We use it in our (laughs) lives to, you know, get to work every day and to feed our children, whatever it is. Like we all have discipline. Choose to use that to discipline your focus, the meaning you give things and what you decide to do about it in that moment. And that will change everything. Oh, that's huge. Like those
1: three things, if you can even just begin in that practice is the game changer for everything. And I know a lot of times it's like how we feel is what either moves us into action or stops us from action. And so if you're able to, you're, where you focus is how you feel and the meaning you make it creates how you feel. So if you can make it so that you actually feel a little bit more courage than you do fa- panic and fear, that at least you can get yourself into
0: that next action. So, oh, I Absolutely. love it. Because it's just taking that next yep. step is is really, it's all, I tell my athletes this when they're going into like, you know, big races and they're freaking out and they're stressed out and they're starting to doubt themselves. And I say, you're, you can control two things and that's your effort and your attitude. And if you just keep your focus on those two things and know that you're going to do your best in every mm. moment, And you're going to do it with an attitude, a proactive attitude, where you're thinking about what you can do to make each moment the best moment Mm -hmm. you can. And when you keep it simple like that, then you're able to proceed at least. And eventually, if you can come, for me, it's all about coming from the heart. Like I know, you know, in your head, you're dead, that whole statement Tony says out all the time. But I know that if I'm coming from my heart, not only am I able to be fearlessly authentic coming from that place because I feel so deeply and and my heart pounds wanting to, you know, be a blessing in people's lives and wanting to um, just be a light in any way that I can. So when I come from my heart, I know that the intention is good. I know that I can't fail when the intention is just to mm-hmm. do my best. And maybe that is um, advice that people can take on that. Yes, our minds are brilliant and we can, you know, discipline them to think in ways that empower us rather than disempower us. But my, you know, go-to is just come from Mm. the heart always.
1: I love that so much. And when you're from the heart and it's not from your ego, then even when you achieve the result, it's meaningful. And I love what you said. It's like, Focus on being the best that you can be. And I think so often when we take things on, we're focusing on getting the numbers or hitting the goal or getting the followers or whatever it might be in your industry or the things that the targets and goals you're going after. It's for almost some external validation of who we are versus if it comes purely from your heart, it's really for you. And then even for the pure generosity for others versus you're trying to get something from them from the action that you're trying to achieve. Um,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that applies even if you think of like relationships, you know, if we go into a relationship expecting to get this and get that and get this, and this relationship will bring me happiness and this relationship will do this for me that's not Mm going to work. But when we go in and say, I just want to be in this relationship so I can give to this person, I can give love, I can give encouragement, I can give inspiration, I can give joy, whatever it is. When you go in that way, you get all of Mm -hmm. that back. But when we go in expecting the expectations kill, in my opinion, like they, they destroyed. If I went into a race with high expectations about what was going to happen, what place I was going to come in, how fast I was going to go. I tanked it every time. But when I went in just saying, I am just going to be the best that I can be in every moment. And if I make a mistake, I'm going to learn from it, leave it behind, move forward and make that next moment, the best moment I can. And when we do that, it's, um, it's so much more fulfilling and so much more joyful of a process Mm. to go in wanting to give rather than expecting something in return. Um,
1: Siri, amen. You are. (laughs) Amen. to you girl. (laughs) Amen to both of us. We just air high 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 five on the Skype. (laughs) I love this. Um, And I just have to acknowledge you for that's not just, it's actually who you be. Because when we had that issue on Monday, because I don't know you, I was panicking a bit more than normal if I was interviewing a friend that I knew. Now we're homies. But before Monday, we didn't know each other. And you were so gracious. And I can feel you in your heart the whole time, laughing at me because the at first the cameras weren't working on your side and my side. And then my recorder just was messed up. But you were joyful the entire time. And
0: things happen. Like, I I mean, I wouldn't even imagine being anything but that. Some people get frustrated, annoyed,
1: they get irritated because things don't go their way. And you would card out your time to be on this interview, but you were lovely the entire time. And I just really wanted to acknowledge you for that.
0: Well, you're so sweet. And I, I mean, I honestly can't imagine any other way. And with Things happen, like just because it happened on your side, it happens on my side all the time. And I would hope that I would have the same response, you know. I was thinking today that probably we'd get on and my thing wouldn't work, and we and I thought, oh God, no, this has to work today. Uh, well, I'm
1: glad it is. So I know there's an, uh, there's also an interesting moment of time for you before you went to the Olympic trials, and you'd isolated yourself in Australia for six months. I'd love for you to share about that experience, and then what triggered after that, which brought you to Brett, right? Your the next coach that yeah. really kind of pushed you, but it was so inspiring when I heard that story. I'd love for you to share it with um, everyone who's listening.
0: I would love to share it because it's um, it's a disastrous story in a way. <laughs> like I, so it was the year of the Olympic trials. Um, it was actually 1999, and the Olympic trials were going to happen in April of 2000. And I was on this kick, thinking I'd gotten to, to pretty solid level. I was the second ranked American athlete. And I had a really good shot at making the Olympics. But I thought, I want to make sure that I make this Olympic team. It meant it was everything to me, which was the first mistake. It was like the be all end all. I had to make the Olympic team. And I thought, I'm going to go out to Australia. The best athletes in the world are all based there. And I'm going to be like a monk. I'm going to go out there and be by myself. I'm going to do all my training alone. I'm going to live by myself. I'm not going to have family visit. I'm not going to have friends. I need to find the strength inside myself and do this on my own because that's, what's going to get me across the line where I need to be. Now I'm a lover as I think you can imagine. Like I love family and I love friends and I love animals and I need that in my life. It's what it's, it's what fills me. But I thought I needed to do this. So I went out for a year and literally every single night I would get into bed and I would visualize the perfect race from start to finish, from the gun going off to crossing the line, making the Olympic team, winning the race every single night. I never missed a night. And even on New Year's Eve 2000, I went on to the Sydney Olympic course and at midnight I did I minus the swim cause there are sharks, but I did the bike and the run at midnight on this course to like put it in, in my body. Anyhow, I get to the Olympic trials and within the first minute, the gun goes off. We all dive in the water and I get elbowed in the face and dunked under the water. And when I come up, the front pack is gone. Now, in my visualization that I had done 365 nights in a row, this never happened. And so I literally, I did not know what to do. I hadn't rehearsed this. And I started swimming as hard as I could, but I was going backwards. All the other swimmers were passing me. I get on the bike. I'm like going as hard as I could, but I'm literally, everyone's passing me and I'm just falling behind. And I ended up quitting on the mm-hmm. run. It was awful. I'd never quit in my life. And people were coming up to me because I was like a shoe in At that point, people were like, it's going to be this person and Siri making the team because that's where we were ranked. Everybody was coming up to me. And I thought to myself, in, when the first person came up and said, hey, Siri, what happened? Are you sick? Did Was your bike broken? Did you have a flat tire? What happened? And I had a a moment where I thought I can make, make up an excuse right now, or I can mm. own it. And this decision is going to change my life. And I, when the person asked me, I said, I choked. I absolutely choked. I said, I had visualized the perfect race. And within the first minute I got dunked, I lost the front pack and I panicked. And I was going as hard as I could, but I was going backwards. I choked. And they like were shocked that I was like, Like owning it, but the important thing about that is like our owning what happened determines our capacity to learn and to grow and to develop not only as an athlete for me, but as a human being, like it was so important for me to own what happened and to learn from it and to be able to, I now know, you know, when I coach my athletes, I say, yes, I want you to visualize the perfect race, but I also want you to visualize things going wrong and see yourself how you're going to handle the flat tire. You're going to fix it. You're going to take your time. You're going to be calm. And then boom, you get back into the race and you give it everything you have. Like see yourself overcoming the challenges and succeeding in the end. That's so important. And and that doesn't just apply to sport. It's obviously, you know, your friend going into having to speak to a group of people, see yourself You know, being nervous, but like calming yourself down and and touching your heart and, you know, breathing and calming yourself and then getting out there and doing an amazing job like this, this applies to everyone. But, um, so in that, um the other massive thing that came from that is because I was devastated. Like this was heartbreaking. I know it's just a sport, but like, because I had made it the be all end all to make the Olympic team. And now I was just the alternate, which I guess means I made it, but it wasn't the same for me. Um, But I realized that that was not serving me having my, my outlook on the sport being something that I had to do. I had to do this. I had to make the team. I had to be the best or it wasn't anything Mm -hmm. at all. And so it kind of put me in a position where I had to choose a new mindset, a new focus. Mm -hmm. And after I recovered from this, I decided, God, I am so blessed and so lucky that I came from being a 23-year-old not knowing how to swim. And I'm now competing at the highest levels in this sport. And I've I can swim now and I'm one of the fastest runners and I'm fit and I'm strong and I'm healthy. And I f- started feeling so grateful for all these gifts, these blessings and for my mental toughness and strength that had got me that far and i thought how can i show my thanks for these gifts these blessings and i don't know all of you you can put this i i believe in god but you can consider it the universe you know whatever you believe in and i thought how can i show you know that being that i believe in how grateful i am for these gifts for these blessings and i thought the best way i can do that is by getting out there every single day in training and most importantly on race day and lay all of it out there on the course, all my strength, all my courage, all my fitness, all my health, all my passion, lay it all out there. And that is my way of saying, I appreciate everything I have. These gifts, I acknowledge them. I thank you. And I'm going to use them to the fullest. And when that became my focus, I started winning everything, everything. Like literally that's when my career turned around and it was a mindset that, that truly empowered me and brought out the best in me rather than the worst. So there were a lot of gifts from that horrendous day. Um, but gifts, it's through our greatest struggles that we stumble upon, stumble upon our greatest strengths. And um, so again, something to be grateful for and having gone through that. Uh,
1: there we go again, back in your heart. Like when that is the source, right, for the motivation, the drive, because you said, I saw that my worth was placed on being the best and winning the race. And then when you really got into the gratitude and being your heart and why you would lay it all out, I had goose bumple, bumples, that's a new word. <laughs> I had goose pimply bumples all over my arms and my body as you were sharing that entire story because those are those moments when it brings you back home to yourself. And truly, I, I say God also, yeah, whoever's listening, universe source, universal intelligence, whatever it might be, but that we don't make it about us anymore and we give it to something greater. And to be grateful for this gift that we have of our life, you know, I have to say this because totally. this made me laugh. I had a
0: I'm in goosebumps right now, just so you know. You just gave me goosebumps. (laughs) Goosebumbles!
1: But I remember an old coach of mine, he used to play for the NFL. And so he talked to me like I was an athlete, which I loved. And something he said was this. He's like, do you know how I know that you're a winner? And I said, how? And he goes... Do you know how many sperm were competing for that egg? But you went for it. You swam your ass off, and you got there, and you became the embryo. And now you are the living embodiment of that winning sperm. And I was like, y- y- yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, oh, I am. I love. And again, it's like the the chances of being being able to be a human on this planet at this time. The statistics are probably wild, but it's like that in itself is a gift. And then can you use yourself for something greater? So I just had to share that because we are already born winners. I
0: love that. I love that. And my belief is something I realize now that we are all absolutely perfect, Mm. just the way that we are. And where we get into trouble is. We start trying to be this and be that for this person or that person or to get this job or to do this. And it's when we find our way back home, like you just said, that we truly can tap into all our power. And I think that as human beings, we truly are powerful beyond measure, but we can't possibly comprehend just how exceptional we're capable of being. And it is a matter of being courageous and trusting in that and believing in you and backing yourself and all of those things. Um, but I do believe that if you really want to step into your greatest power, it means coming back to everything that you are authentically. Be fearlessly authentic. Be you. No, like, don't make any excuses because when you operate from that place, you have access to all your power mm. and you can share that mm. gift of you with the world. And that's when life really becomes the masterpiece that we all dream of it being.
1: Wow. Well, oh, so good. Goose bumples happening. Bumbles. It's a new word. <laughs> goose bumbles. Oh, yes. I love making up words. <laughs> um, there's oh, I also, I, and I want to highlight another part of your journey that I heard that I also was so inspired by, but your friend Loretta reached out to you to come train with a coach who brought you to your limits, but also brought so many lessons along the way. Can you share about that?
0: Yeah. So this guy, Brett Sutton, he was the best coach in the world, coached multiple world champions, Olympic medalists, and, and, had this reputation, like he was really scary because he ran this magical, secretive camp in Switzerland and everybody wanted to go train with him, but he only took on, you know, a select few. And my friend had invited me to come and I met him and um, he had actually remembered me. And this is a story that I share often because he remembers me from a, a race where I was running in like 40th place. And he was actually walking home because his athletes had all finished, like, and he was walking home to his hotel. And I'm still out there on the course, and I'm in 40th place, and I am, like, destroying myself to come in 39th. And he remembers that and, and thought, that's hunger. Mm. That's someone that's just trying to be the best Yes. them. Like, and that's the key, because it's not about coming in first, second or third or your life's worth nothing. Like, it's about being the best you Mm -hmm. that you're capable of being every single day, being better than you were the day before. And that is always what I was after. So he recognized that. And that's what made him want to, to take me on as an athlete. Um, I thought, and we often do this, we think we're doing everything that we could possibly do to achieve whatever goal it is that we set for ourselves. And I went in there thinking, well, I already train, like, there's no way I can train harder than I already do. And, but I was wrong. <laughs> I showed up the first day and it was the most insane training I had ever done in my life. I mean, from swimming double to what I was used to, you know, 8,000 meters in the morning, having to ride my bike home 20 miles up this like mountain that was more like a wall in Switzerland, thinking I was done after that. But then later being called to go for a run, which I thought was going to be like 15 minutes just to flush out our legs, because it had been such hard training Mm -hmm. all day. And he drove us down to the bottom of the mountain and said, see you at home. And we had to run home 20 miles up the hill. It was insane. But then, so I call home that night and I'm crying to my mom. And she said, Siri, but you did it. It means he was just testing you. It'll never be like that again. He's testing you and you you succeeded. You did it. The next day, same exact (laughs) thing. Next day say not same exact thing, but same kind of challenges, like seven to eight hours a day. It was like intense. It was torturous. It was hard. Like I thought there's no way a human can withstand this kind of, um, intensity, this kind of like my body's going to fall apart, but somehow like, and day after day, after day, after day, like there was no rest day. Like it was like this every single day, but it was so brilliant. I still Part of me doesn't see there was no method to the madness as far as the type of training we were doing. But what I realize now is that the brilliance lay in him presenting me with something that seemed absolutely impossible every single day. And every single day, the one day I showed up and I couldn't even bend my legs. And I said, Brett, like, I don't think I can do what you're asking me to do. And he looked at me and he said, find a way or go wow. home, basically, like get on the next plane Yeah. find a way. So all I could do was my best every day. And so every day is giving me something that seems impossible. Every single day, all I can do is my best and try, which I did. And every single day, I was able to wow. prove that what seemed impossible was possible. And that was brilliant because what it gave me was an honest confidence, That came from not someone saying, "Oh, you're ready. You're going to win races," but me saying, "Holy crap! I can't believe what I've been able to accomplish every single day. Like every day, I'm blowing my own mind about what I'm capable of." And that gave me the confidence, you know. Show up for a race that's two hours long, (laughs) like I—it felt like a like a like a vacation day (laughs) for me. And so it was really, really brilliant. And I. I mean, that's, that's what led to me that plus a shift in, in my focus of wanting to show my gratitude, those two things truly took me from where I was to becoming the best athlete in the world. Now I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't change a thing, but it did shorten my career a bit. Like I, I raced another two years and I was able to retire at number one in the world, but my body Mm. was done. Like my body couldn't have done anymore. And so there was a, you know, that was kind of the price I had to pay, but I would pay that a million times over to have discovered what I did, about the human potential and about what it takes to truly um, prove to yourself most importantly, just how strong yeah. we are and just how capable we are. Um, it's it's extraordinary yeah. really.
1: I love that so much. And I it's interesting because there's two things when you isolated, one, you took yourself away from support, from what fulfilled you, which then shifted how you played the sport, right? And then now when you had that support around you, granted, it was a little extreme. It was like polar opposite probably of what you were expecting. <laughs> yeah. But when you actually said that and you pointed at the screen, so those of you who are listening, you just hear the audio, but Siri and I can see each other. And you, you point and you're like, find a way. That actually hit me hard because I... I'm going to be honest, there are times when I find excuses and I let that be what guides me instead of going, hold on. Now this is my new mantra when I hit moments, just like, okay, find a way, find a way. And that really taps into your creativity that we're all born with of our resourcefulness. Of Like there is always a a way and find it in a way that aligns for you, not how everybody else is doing it. Cause that's also when we feel incongruent, right. And then we struggle, but it's like, find your own way and how you can make it and tap into your own inner resources for that. So
0: that's exactly right. And that just gave me goosebumps again, (laughs) because there is always Always. a way, but sometimes the way is going to be hard. It's going to definitely take you out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone. It's going to be challenging. You might fail, but it's through our failures that we learn the most. I mean, that's how we find yeah. the way. <laughs> you know, you may in the process of finding a way, you may fall or you may get disappointed. That does not mean give up. It means just change your approach. Try something yeah. different. Because there is always a way. And I love that that resonated with you because that's how my life is now. Like no matter what I come across, it's like I will find a way I will find. And I'm sure
1: you, you know, you surrounded yourself with someone who demanded that of you. And now your athletes are so lucky to work with you who probably are like, you go find a way. And they're like, all right, Siri, (laughs) we're going to find a way. (laughs) No excuses. It's true. And they do.
0: And they do. And they're amazing like that. And, um, because I can speak from a place where I've been there. I've been exactly where you are. I've been as afraid as you are. I've been as scared as you are, but I've also, I found a way. And so mm. can you, because I'm no different than you.
1: Mm. I love that. One last thing, um, I'd love to hear your process, but, you know, I know that you are in the business of changing lives and making dreams come true. And there's some people who sometimes struggle with even knowing what is my dream. How do I know what to go for? I mean, you saw the triathlon on TV and you're like, that's it. But for those who are still going, okay, well, I want to tap into my potential. I want to see what I made it, but I don't really know where to aim that energy towards. How would you guide someone to even uncover what their strengths are or what would really light them up?
0: I think what's coming to me right now when you ask that is... When something comes into your life and it's so different to anything that you would expect that it's almost like, well, I can't do that. That's crazy. Like, why so for me, I'm thinking about horses. Like I had nothing to do with horses until three years ago and a horse came into my life. And now I run a nonprofit. I'm saving horses from slaughter. Wow. We've rescued 91 horses in two years. But like, had I had that... Had that horse come into my life and I thought, well, this is ridiculous. A horse means nothing because I have nothing to do with horses. How do I know I have nothing to do with horses? This is now my future, my destiny. When something comes to you that's really pulling you towards it, but you can't make sense of it, don't try to make sense of it. Go with it. Because if you're being pulled to something, that's the universe or whatever you believe in inviting you to take this on. And I believe, and this is just my opinion, but I believe that that invite is truly inviting you onto your path to your destiny. So it's not being afraid when something different, something new comes into your life and you feel pulled to it, go with it. Don't try to analyze Mm. it. Um, But if another way also would be, you know, I always talk about my why, like what is your reason behind everything that you do in your life? If you want to find out what, how you're going to discover your greatest potential and and how what is your dream going to be. I, and it's a little morbid, but I think about what do, like, when I've passed, what do I want people to remember about me? What do I want them to be saying? This is terrible, but this is how I think. What do I want them to be saying at my funeral that they remember me by? I want to be remembered as someone that was like so afraid, but she found the courage inside herself to take it on anyway. And when she did, she discovered all this strength that she had no idea was inside of her. And she's inspired me to take things on that scare me. She's inspired me to have my own back and to and to believe in the life that I can create, like So when you think of that, so when that came to me, then it's like, okay, well, how can I, like, if that's what I want people saying about me, then how can I get that message out? How can I share that? Well, I need to get out and I need, I need to speak, you know, I need to share this message. I need to let people know that they're not alone and being afraid and being anxious and self-doubting. They're not alone there, but they can overcome that, whatever it is. So think about like, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want people to learn from you? And once you figure that out, then whatever options are coming up for you, which path is going to allow you to be that example, to share that message? Does it that make sense? Absolutely Cause, does, cuz goosebumps. Okay. Good. okay. <laughs> I think it's just cold in there. I think you need to turn hey, your AC on. No, down. I'm in Los Angeles. It's hot over here. i just here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wow. No, I, I love that you shared that. It's so true. It's like the things that don't always make sense because sometimes we get up here again, right? And it's the get out of your head. Yes. If you feel it in your body, even if yep. it doesn't, it's weird and you're feeling drawn or pulled to it. And even if it feels scary, then use everything that you said in this podcast today. Shift your focus, shift your meaning, Getting your heart, be grateful, like all of that. Um, right. You can take those steps, and you can really unlock what it is that you are meant to do and become, um, which is so powerful.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Siri. Adoreo. I adore you so. Thank yeah. you for having me here. It was such a joy um, sharing this time with you and your listeners. So thank you thank for having you. me. I've got
1: just a few more questions though for you before we close this out. No. Okay. I'm bye. Leaving. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just kidding. um what's something unique about you that most people don't know?
0: <laughs> uh that I now basically live on a horse farm and and my what drives everything I do is just wanting to save animals um from slaughter and from torture and from neglect. And I have always been an animal lover, but I didn't realize that it was going to become my mm-hmm. why for basically everything I do in my life.
1: You're in Colorado, right? I'll have to come yes. visit you. I have family out there. So I'll have to come see your horses and you. Yeah.
0: Believe Ranch and Rescue. <gasps> it's magical here. Believe is yours. Be magical. Yeah. Believe yeah. Ranch and Rescue is my wife. <gasps> about? I've heard. We're yeah. or- not. So follow us. We're, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can follow all that we're doing here. We're just so proud of what we're doing because really it comes down to animals saved me when I was young. They were like my best friends. They were my love, my source of love. And so now we're rescuing animals who in turn will also save humans like me. So it's kind of coming full circle, which is beautiful. Um,
1: when you're in a dark place, what's your go-to to get out?
0: I come into my heart and I think about anything that I can feel grateful for. And just in feeling my heart beating, I feel grateful for that. And when I come into my heart, I'm reminded that no matter how much darkness I may feel around me, there is just as much light if I choose to look towards the light rather than the darkness. Mm -hmm. So gratitude is always, gratitude is always the answer. Yeah.
1: Um, and knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 10 year old self?
0: Don't worry so much. Everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Don't worry so much. Ugh. Yeah.
1: So, Siri, where can people connect with you?
0: I would love you to connect with me, of course, through Believe Ranch and Rescue on Instagram and Facebook or Siri Lindley on Instagram and Twitter is at S-E-L-T-S. Those were in the days when Twitter started and I thought you had to have like a code name. (laughs) (laughs) So, and people are like, that's so weird. What is it? I'm like, I have no idea. But anyhow, so... um, but yes, you can reach me at all these places or come to a Tony Robbins event. You know, they changed my life. Um, Unleash Power Within, Date With Destiny. Um, I'll be at all of them. And they really are uh, so powerful and such a gift to give yourself. So I'd love to meet all of you there Beautiful. as well.
1: And you've got a book, Surfacing from the Depths of Self-Doubt yes. to Winning Big and Living Fearlessly. There it is on the, yep, on the screen. And you guys pick up a book. You can find it on Amazon. It's extraordinary. And you know it's going to be amazing because of just this little bit that we got of you now, Siri, was um, really nourishing and really empowering. So thank you.
0: Thank you for sharing your heart and your soul with the world. And um, I knew when you asked me to be on this podcast, I just, I knew I had to say yes. Um, I love the whole premise behind the name. And um, I knew that it was, this was meant to be a part of my path mm-hmm. as well. So such a, an honor to be here and to share this Thank time. You. Thank you.
1: Wow. Siri is crazy inspiring. And she's such a powerful example of what's possible when you choose to love and accept yourself, to believe in yourself and to have your own back. You literally can achieve your impossible as Siri has so powerfully shown You know, I'm so inspired by how Siri took control of her own life the moment that she decided to make her dream come true and how she shifted from lacking confidence, feeling like she wasn't important or good enough and that she didn't belong in this world, to making a big mark, showing that she is meant to be here and she absolutely is. Now, this goes for each and every one of us. You know, you're not here by accident. There's a reason and a purpose that you're here. And I'm sure you know this, but the most important person we need love and acceptance from is ourselves because that allows us to stop the war inside. And it allows us to fully tap into the love, to the joy and the peace that's within us. And it also frees us to use that energy that would normally be wasted in self-doubt or self-beat up, but to use that energy to be present, and to be loving, and to be loved, and to go after our dreams. And Siri also shows that, you know, it doesn't matter what others think. And you can powerfully live your life, whether others accept you or reject you, when you become good with you. So if you haven't already, when will you decide to fully and unconditionally love yourself and to believe that you are good enough? and to have your own back to achieve what you want. Now, if this is something you want support with, definitely go check out my Self Love Transformation online course. It's one of the greatest things I feel I've created, and it works, and I've had thousands of people around the world go through it and share the loving transformations they've had and how much their lives have changed once they truly learn to love themselves and live from that place. Now, this is an online course that you can access from anywhere in the world. I take you by the hand, sharing with you inspiring self-love wisdom and exact steps, processes and daily practices to release negative self-talk and beliefs and to replace them with love. Now again, I've had thousands of people around the world go through this program. They've had massive results from creating healthy relationships, to making more money, to pursuing lifelong dreams overcoming addiction, attracting the love of their life, to achieving personal goals, and to just straight up feeling confident and good about themselves. So if you're ready and you want the exact blueprint to develop profound self-love, then go out, check out my course at 40dayselflove.com. And you can use a coupon code LOVE50 at checkout to save 50 bucks off the course and i'll make sure to link that up in the show notes for you but that's at the number 40dayselflove.com all right so to close this out if there's someone that you know who could benefit from this episode pretty please share it out with them as there may be something in this episode that is the very thing they need to hear Also, if you got value from this episode and you want more, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if it feels aligned for you, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review for the show on iTunes, because these reviews really help to boost the show to be visible by more people. And that means we can support more people to rise together. All right. For everything that we mentioned in today's episode and for all the links to connect with Siri or to get her book surfacing from the depths of self-doubt to winning big and living fearlessly, you can check it out in the show notes. And that is over at stephaniekwong.com forward slash EP54. And of course, you can feel free to check out all my other podcast episodes there too. Okay, my friends, until next time, you know that I'm sending you so much love.